Okay, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of Kente Corner. Bobby Bancroft, as always, Casual Hoy, Andrew Geiger, Andrew. Georgetown just bounced back from their first loss of the season. Pretty good performance against Georgia State. It didn't start that way, but it ended really well for the Hoyas. Your thought? Yeah, um, I think we clearly took our first step towards the national championship against Georgia State in that second half. Um, yeah. Any opinions? Any opinions to the contrary? I really just don't want to hear right now. That's definitely one way to look at it. Um, another way to look at it <laughs> would be that um, in a tight game where Georgetown, I think I tweeted something like, you know, Ewing um, started the the dry spell, sort of, or sort of like kickstarted the dry spell with the second unit, which. I think there's a lot of good pieces on the second unit, maybe just not all together at the same time. And the second half, we saw a completely different way of managing substitutions and patterns. And basically, he kind of went with only, I think, really seven players. I think, um, I think, uh, I think Alexander only played a little bit. Uh, Blair didn't play at all. Wahab didn't really play. And I think Allen was so off the bench. It was the, the same starting five plus LeBlanc, and then Allen was kind of like your seven-man rotation the other night in the second half. And I think, I don't know if it's always going to be those players, but I think that's sort of the more manageable seven- to eight-man rotation on a good night. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder what took so long for the coaching staff to figure that out, considering that seemed pretty obvious to any casual fan, no pun intended, you know, for for a while. Um but yeah, going forward, I just don't think the team can afford to have Devon Blair out there. Um, you know, I, I hate oh, to pick I, on I any kids I, specifically. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, again, I, I don't like to pick on any kids specifically, but if your shooter isn't shooting and making shots, you really can't be on the floor. And that's at the, his minutes are directly at the expense of someone like Galen Alexander, um, who has been reasonably productive when he's out there he can he can knock down some perimeter shots he can you know do some dirty work under the glass I just you know the rotation has to be cut short and hopefully what we saw in the second half against Georgia State translates to what we might see on the floor at MSG yeah uh, you know obviously after the game you and talked about how it would have been not great to go up there already with two losses putting you in a real bad spot, but just getting back to the rotation, specifically Blair, I do think that you're right in that, obviously Blair, if he's on, you know, if he'd hit a couple shots in the first half, he plays in the second half, right? I think we both agree that Um, after the game. I think think anyone who would have hit a couple shots in the first half would have played in the second (laughs) half. You know, it's, it's really unbelievable, by the way, how cold we've been out of the gate for all these home games. And I'm not yeah. sure whether it's just we don't practice on these rims or, you know, there's not much of any real home court advantage either. It's just, it's just such a slow beginning every time. Um, we're lucky we've played teams like Georgia State and, um, you know, Mount St. Mary's and, and whatnot that allow you to get back in the game. Um, but you saw once the team gets actually that, – that it's a decent team like Penn State, we're just not going to – you're not going to be able to come back. So yeah. something's got to change, um, and maybe well, MSG think, will be uh, kind of a new start. 
Well, speaking of starting, I think the first thing that you need to do is uh, I was talking to, you know, um, Patrick Stevens and Ava Wallace uh, during the game. And my big thing was, look, when what LeBlanc you, came name, in, are you name dropping? Are you name dropping? Well, I'm just trying to, well, I, I feel, I mean, I don't think that, I don't, I mean, they're definitely great. They're great, great writers, but I don't think I'm, you know, saying I was talking to, you know, Alonzo Morning during the game or whatever, but I, I feel right. like, well, to take it back, I feel like too often I say I was talking to other people about this. So basically when I say that, I'm talking about them because that's, that's who I sit with. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's no more uh, mystery uh, people. So I'll, I'll, I'll just keep saying as people I was talking to during the game. But anyway, my, my thing was, and I know other people pointed this out too, you can't play Josh LeBlanc 30 minutes if he doesn't start because right off the math just doesn't work. Like if you don't come in for the first five minutes of each half, you're already, you're already down to 30 if you play the whole time, which is ironic because that's kind of what happened in the second half. He came off the bench. He came in at 1352. He never left the court. So he didn't, he didn't get a break. So I think it's just, I think I th- whatever he did wrong, I'm assuming that's the reason he's not starting. I think that's probably something we can all agree on and everyone likes to, you know, have their own idea on it. But I think it's time for him to get back in the lineup because I think it just sort of opens everything up and it'll make the minutes more manageable for who you want in there. I mean, I don't think anyone disagrees with you. <laughs> I, I think he should play every minute. Um, he, you know, he's that important to the team. The problem that, that I – that I was that I heard, I guess, or was reading about after the game. Ewing keeps referring to him as like an energy guy. Like, you know, we need his energy, blah, blah. Like you talk about guys in the second unit like that, right? Like guys that come off the bench and provide a spark. Yeah. That's not what we want from LeBlanc. Like he needs to bring that energy as a starter. You know, I just it just it, it's nonsensical to me that he's coming off the bench. Well, and he provides, you know, he had he had both of the blocks last night. Um, he provides mm-hmm. more on defense. You know, when you talk about the slow starts, you know, what's what, one of the common themes is, well, you're not playing one of your best players when the ball gets tipped. And I think that's something right. that um, needs to change. And I think I think it will. And I'm not even sure which I'm not even sure Mosley or Pickett. And I know people were even lobbying for McClung. And every time I lobbied last year for McClung to come off the bench, not because he's not good enough to start, but just because then you have literally instant offense off the bench, you know? Um, right. Every time I sort of start lobbying for that, he has like a 30 point game, you know, he, he had 25 the other night, but <laughs> you, you know, so I'm probably going to stop saying that, but I do think in theory, that would not be a terrible thing. And I think his minutes, because it's not like he's playing 35 minutes. He's more of like a 25 to 30 minute guy so you could still off the bench get him his you know 27 minutes it could still work but every time I talk about that he goes like I said for um 30 points but you know I I don't I don't disagree there I think he he's kind of the definition of the the kind of spark plug you would want off the bench and that's not a knock against what he's done so far this season um I I don't think Ewing would make that change um oh he's he's definitely not going to make that change Right, but I, it could help. I think it could. And so I was the one, I'm not going to have to name drop, who asked the question. It was actually me. I talked about, you know, wow, those, you know, really great performance getting to the line, almost the most free throws, you know, they've made in a game ever. Um, but the idea that they scored 91 points and they only made three three-pointers is something you might not see the rest of the college basketball season. Like, literally, that might not happen again. So, yeah, I mean, and he... He he talked immediately, and he was, you know, he said Javon Blair is supposed to be our guy, 
and I know I've said this a lot, and I'm on Blair Island. I'm assuming he's <laughs> lights out in practice. I, I'm, to- I'm, you cannot convince me otherwise. Like I cannot be convinced. Like what's what's that guy? Like there's like a sign where like the guy is like sitting out like on a college campus, and it always says like some ridiculous thing. Convince me otherwise. He's like holding a cup of coffee. Like Javon Blair is lights out in practice. You know, ch- change my mind. You can't. So I think I think he's going to keep giving him the opportunity to do that, like McClung, he's a guy that just comes in and just keeps shooting it no matter what happens. But like we saw against um, – like 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 we saw last night against Georgia State, if he's not making the first half, we might not see him again. You know, I think that's kind of what's what's going to happen. That's, that's fine. But as we saw again against Georgia State and as we've seen all season, is that when Ewing kind of takes out his starters and does that ridiculous line change and starts bringing in these other guys, the, the rhythm of the game is completely shot, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, this wasn't even a game where, like I said before, they were just kind of slow start. Like, they were they were winning. They had a lead. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, they bring in that teal, your famous teal team. The teal team. team. <laughs> and much like the teal uniforms, they're terrible, you know? And, <laughs> and, and the game goes to shit. So, I mean, we really got to smarten up with these uh, – substitutions i know we've got a lot of guys a lot of guys are talented a lot of guys can do a lot of things on the court um especially with the press because uh, we do seem to be doing a lot more of that this year probably because of our depth um but i don't know man i mean I've, every time you give one of these kids minutes it's at the expense of someone else and i just don't know if we can afford that in the garden against texas and hopefully duke Last thing about this game, and then, then we can go on to Georgetown's huge week this week. Um, what do you think about towards the end of the game? All season long, Ewing has been doing a like-for-like like sub of your seven when he goes out. Uh, Wahab comes in. They actually I, – I was I was sitting there. Wahab was about to check in. He was sitting down the scores right in front of the, uh, the uh, scores table. Ewing went over and grabbed Pickett. Pickett went over, and then when Pickett went in – he goes, Omir, I got you. And Omir sort of looked like, what? So that actually proved to be a pretty good lineup. It was you had you had um, LeBlanc and Pickett were your bigs, and then you had Akinjo, Mosley, and McClung. I thought that lineup was pretty good. Obviously, it's going to be based on your opponent and the situation, but that lineup to me I, I thought was pretty was pretty exciting. Yeah, Pickett, uh, to his credit, has has really played very much you know within himself this year. He's been really impressive, I thought. Um, I think so. So far. And yeah, during that, um, the latter part of the second half there against Georgia state. Yeah. He he did some things that um, frankly, he hasn't done in a while. Uh, he, you know, played some good defense against their bigs. He rebounded really well, knocked down some shots close to the basket. Uh, if that, yeah. I mean, if, if that works against smaller squads, by all means, you know, keep trying it. But I do think your seven needs to be out there. I mean, he's, He's such a factor on both ends of the court. Um, you know, even when he's having kind of an off night, um, he still manages to fill up the score sheet. I mean, I don't know what his numbers at the end of the game were last night, but I thought it wasn't his best game. But, I mean, what did he get? It should... 15 and 13. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad from your big. No, I mean, it, I, I, I think I, I mentioned last night on Twitter, it's hard to imagine a game where he isn't in foul trouble or he fails – to produce a double double. Like if he's playing at least 25 minutes, he's going to get a double double. Like there's just nothing around. I mean, last night he was ridiculous on the offensive glass. I think 11 of his 13 
rebounds came on the offensive glass, which has led to Georgetown's ridiculous amount of free throws. Well, it was at least part of it. But, you know, I mean, I think he's actually probably been better than advertised, although a little bit different, because I did think he was going to provide a little three-point shooting. And he took a three last night. He missed, you know, whatever. But I thought he was going to get a couple attempts up a, a game. I think his sophomore season at NC State, he was 22 for 44 or something like that. And um, it was something we talked about with him pre or, uh, in the preseason. And he he had mentioned that he has the ability to shoot out there, which, you know, this team clearly is lacking. So if he could, you know, be sort of, a, you know, a guy that hits like one out of three or something like that per game, I think that it would it would really help. But oh, his his overall game, I think – I think he's he's exceeded my expectations for him. Speaking of threes, where where are we going to get those? Well, the one guy on Twitter was pretty sure that Greg Malinowski actually wasn't even a big deal last year. So um, that that was an interesting take. But no, so I came up with it last night. I was sitting there I was like, man, you know, between Govan and Malinowski, you're missing like 85 threes. And even if Akinjo and McClung, I know that they're off to kind of a poor start from three, and McClung is a streaky shooter. Um, even if they, let, let's say each each of them make like 10 more than they did last year. So that's 20. So you still need to find like another like 65 to 73s. Um, right. It's kind of on, it's kind of on Blair getting back closer to what he did his freshman year and Pickett. And then you're going to need some help from either, from either Allen or from Alexander or, I don't think you can really count on Mosley's kind of been like a very, very has like, he's basically shooting when he knows he's making, he's kind of become that kind of a player. Like he's not, you're not, you're, you're never going to see him go like four for 13. Like he's like right. a four for six guy. So, yeah. you know, where, where are they coming from? And I, I don't know where they are coming from. I, and I don't even know if they need to, uh, this is kind of going to sound weird. I don't know if they need to make up the number of makes that they, for from last season, so long as they just make the one, make more of the ones they take this season. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, I, I don't think yeah. they need the volume, but they need to take advantage of the opportunities they're getting. And because a lot of them are, are decent looks. I mean, too many of them are bad looks, like, you know, force threes towards the end of a shot clock when they've run no offense and that's kind of like their last hope, um, which is, seems to happen a lot this season so far. I'm, last night, Ewing made a point to say, we need to start making our open threes. Like, so, right. you know, I haven't been charting and, you know, paying attention to like, you know, every single three, like, Oh, is that open? Was that whatever? But apparently, you know, obviously someone on his staff has. And so he was like, you know, we're not making open threes. So yeah. he didn't seem super, uh, super concerned. It was, he's coming, you know, obviously he's the coach and he sees them all the time of, I got guys I, you know, that I know can make shots. We're just not making them. This was kind of the attitude that he was, he was giving off. And and speaking of level of concern, I, I'm not where a lot of people in the fan base seem to be where they're very concerned about that. I'm not there yet at all. I do think in college basketball, the, when you integrate a bunch of new kids, that there is, there is going to be a period of figuring stuff out. And I think that's why most teams schedule soft at the outset. Um, and look, we're, we're three, we're three and one, right? I mean, if we're yeah. four and oh, everyone's okay pretty much um but hey you know and maybe it's it's the georgia state game that gets us rolling i don't know we could easily lose to texas by 20 and then maybe i'll, ch- I'll change my opinion uh but uh, we'll see I, I do think he deserves some, at least at least a little bit of a leash here with when dealing with all these new these new faces i mean look at kentucky they 
They lost to Evansville. They almost lost tonight to something called Utah Valley. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a uh, state. You know. Thank you. <laughs> but, no, 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 I mean, like, you know, that's, the name's actually yeah. Utah Valley State. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, that, and that's Calipari, and they're, you know, top five teams. So let's let's right. give them a little bit of a break here. Um, even if they had won the Penn State game, I think when you go two straight games where you've made a combined seven threes, like, that's more of like a early 90s type uh, output that's, you know, sort of acceptable. So I think it would still be, you mm-hmm. know, something, ooh, like, what's going on here? I think one of the big um, – I was just a couple of minutes ago talking about how great I think Omir has been. I think that the fact that they've been forcing it so much and making a conscious effort to get the ball down down low, I think they're going to need to start making right. a lot of threes off of his passes to the perimeter, particularly like, you know, flipping it like the, to like the corner, situations like that. I think that he, you know, just at this – you know, at Georgetown, you're so used to, you know, a passing big man – for years that was like the key to the offense. And I think it's still a big deal um, just because both McClung and Akinjo being on the smaller side and just the ability to sort of get that shot off in a defender's face. I think it's much more important that ball kind of moves and it's clear that the plan is to get the ball down low. So if that's happening, either your seven or Wahab, it needs to come back out and hopefully finding an open shooter. And I think that's going to help their, their percentages as well. Um, Speaking of helping their percentages, Ewing is taking the team back to basically where he spent his entire pro career, Madison Square Garden, for the first high-profile event in his now his third season. They've got, and I'm pretty glad that Texas made the rankings. I'm, I'm glad it happened. You know, last week they were sort of a team that you thought might be ranked. They are ranked, so Georgetown literally can get a chance if they're able to overcome Shaka Smart and the Longhorns. They can face a ranked Texas and a ranked Duke. And that's just, I feel like a big way to raise the profile of Georgetown. They're going to be, you know, it's just two games in two days that are going to be a big deal. And I think, you know, the, the games are on ESPN. I mean, everything about it, it's a mass squad and, you know, Duke's a possibility. This is a huge, this is a huge week for Georgetown. I totally agree. I mean, I, uh, you're right. I mean, it's their first opportunity to be back on the national scale, you know, national scene. I think there's going to be a lot of hype. I think the crowd's going to be behind us because of yeah. Ewing, which is going to yeah. be great. Um, you know, we've got Shaka Smart on the opposite sideline. Uh, <laughs> that'll be interesting, especially considering a lot of the fans kind of clamored for him to be our next head coach. Uh, so there's all sorts of drama and intrigue. You know, Longhorns, that those fans travel really well. Uh, so I expect that it'll be a, a good, fun crowd for that game. And I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't done like a deep dive into Texas's starting five or, you know, kids to watch out for just yet. Um, that'll be the next couple of days. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, they're 20, 22 in the country, but I don't know whether they're that good. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, they definitely picked up a pretty big road win at Purdue. Um I guess was that I guess I don't think that that was part of a challenge. I think that was just that was just a game that they ended up playing. So, you know, they haven't really played anyone outside of Purdue, but Purdue is expected to be, you know, a really good top 25 team and um to get that win raise their profile a little bit. I know Shaka in a little bit of hot not hot water, but, you know, the hot seat, I guess kind of like it hasn't really gone as well as they were hoping and the guy that he replaced Rick Rick Barnes has had 
Tennessee rolling. Um, so right. I think it's a big game for both programs. And even though it's a huge game just to play Texas up there, and I'm so glad that they're doing it, it's hard to get everyone's attention not to focus on Duke, right? Is that kind of what the kind of like the feel? Once you see that there's a possibility of playing Duke. Because I think at the end of the day, the win against Texas is going to count a lot more than what everyone expects is going to be a loss to Duke, right? I think the worst thing that could happen is you lose to Texas and then suddenly you're in this potentially dreadful game against Cal, right? Um, Which almost becomes like a, almost a season ending loss scenario game, which is a disaster. Um, so all, you know, everything, every, the focus completely needs to be on the Longhorns and winning this game. Well, since I'm not playing, I'm, I'm just kind of doing some, uh, some, some Cal scouting and Cal by the good people at Ken Palm has been given a 6% chance of beating Duke. So yeah, it's definitely, I wouldn't call Cal Chaminade. But for this particular four-team <laughs> event, they're Chaminade, right? Like you just—it's what, great to go. What, what are our? What's our percentage to, to beat Texas? Um, I think it's close to fifty-fifty. But you—you you, you know what I mean? Like it's like you—you you go to yeah. Maui, and it's a great event. But you're like, yeah, you, you know what? We really don't want to play Chaminade. And the last time George or two two times ago, they played Chaminade out there. Um, I was wrong. Texas is a sixty-eight percent chance of coming out on top against the Hoyas. Yeah, I, I suspect Texas is going to be a, you know, a, a fairly moderate favorite on the, you know, point spread-wise. Um, Shoot. Half, perhaps, something like that. What? Uh, they've got it at, at, at five, yeah. Um, speaking of that, yeah. I tell you what, I would not be betting any money on the Hoyas right now. Like, either way, I have no idea who they are. Like, I, I always try and include that, you know, like, what, what, the, what the line is as soon as I see it, but no idea. I mean, last night they almost came back to cover. You know, like I'm pretty sure they're 0 and 4 against the spread this season. Oh, really? Is, um, so it should be oh, yeah. it should be fading the Hoyas. They, they, well, I guess it's got to even out at some point. And they've all they've also been favorites in every game so far, except you know this this coming one. So maybe they play better as an underdog. Um, frankly, MSG is a better home floor for them than uh, Kenty won. So um, I don't know. Uh, five and a half, six. I think they could cover that spread. Do you want to? Do you want to give us a? You can't say you're at seven or McClung or Kinjo. Do you have like an unsung hero for the Thursday Friday games? Like someone that the the team go as he goes, or do you have a surprise? I think this guy's going to step up, and this is why they're going to be Texas guy. Um. Not really. I can tell you that okay. it's, it's not going to be Javon Blair <laughs> <laughs> with with a fair amount of certainty there. Um, I can't wait until he has like his 21 point game and I'm just, we're going to do a whole 30 minutes on Javon Blair and I'll be like, I told you, I told you it's coming. I think we're going to get a Galen Alexander game coming soon. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be, the, I don't know if it's going to be one of these games, but he's the kind of kid that appears to me would take to, a big stage, you know, um, get revved up a little bit. Uh, For me, I it's Pickett. So Pickett found Pick, a way to Pickett's get 10 points the other night. Yeah. And he was only, like, I think, two for three from the field. Now, obviously, he would have had shot attempts if he didn't get fouled and all that kind of stuff. But I think we need to see a a selfish 
Jamarco Pickett. I think we need to see yeah. Jamarco Pickett and, get and a deep. And and I just want to mention it, but Terrell Allen might sound silly, but he played really well on the national stage of the tournament last year. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and even in that game again, I think it was Duke. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he can find some magic. Would you say that you are riding right now with Trey Dickerson? I don't know if you saw his tweet earlier today. Oh, he said we're going to win the 2K Classic or something? And Yes, and, and be ranked afterwards. Ah, well, if they win the if, – <laughs> if they beat Texas and Duke, but by all means, they'll be ranked. Um, I, you know, I'll have what he's having. I'm, I'm not sure what, what he's seen so far out of the Hoyas that would indicate that we're up to this task. But, again – uh, who knows? Maybe when you finally step up in class and you step up in competition in a place like Madison Square Garden, you tend to play better. And if they play the right guys in the right scenarios, I think we certainly have the talent to keep up with them and 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 win. Whether we do or not it remains to be seen. True or false, if Georgetown beats a ranked Texas at MSG early in the season to get themselves sort of, would that be the biggest win of Ewing's career, or does it go back to last year being Villanova? I still think the Villanova win last year was was big. I thought even the win at Marquette last year towards the end of the season was, was big because it really yeah. put us in – a spot to make the tournament and then we had to face plant against the Paul and then it was pretty much pretty much done from there. Yeah. But it would do a lot more, I think, for Georgetown. Because it's because it's early. Because mm-hmm. it's early, it's a it's on ESPN, right? Or is it soccer? It's ESPN, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's it, we're we're back on ESPN. You're gonna get a lot of eyeballs on on the on the program for the first time in a while. Uh, eyeballs outside of the Big East. And, uh, you know, I could see a lot of Georgetown is back kind of things uh, if we have a successful run here. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I think beating Texas, I obviously you need to get over the hump and just finally beat Villanova. So then when you like, when you play them again, it's not this huge monkey on your back. But yeah. I think, I think, you know, those the game at Marquette and the game at Villanova were big deals. But I never really thought they were on the bubble last year. I, you know, I just, I never really, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that there was enough there. So while those, while those games were really important, I think, even though they lost to Penn State, that's okay. Like Penn State's not bad. It, you know, whatever. But I think right. this, I think beating Texas would be, I think it would be a much bigger deal. It would sort of set the tone for the whole season. I think this is their biggest non-conference game of the season. Sorry to everyone that's going to argue and say it's Syracuse. Um, Syracuse isn't particularly good this year. Obviously, you don't want to lose three in a row to them, all that kind of stuff. But I think this is probably the bigger deal. And like you said, it allows you to play. So even if you lose to Duke, you get that on. You get that. You know, all those strength of schedule numbers, yeah. and all the, whatever the it, net ranking need, is. You, you need good wins, right? At the end of the day, you need good wins. And sure, you're going to yeah. get a collection of those in the Big East, regardless. You know, as you play through your your normal Big East slate. Um, but Texas really represents the first reasonable good win game. Uh, Penn State, I mean, not a bad loss. Would it be, at the end of the day, would it be a good no. win? I don't know, right? So, But Texas should be a good win. And, um, yeah, we need it. We've got to win. 
Yeah, huge, huge game. And actually, looking at it, Georgetown, four of their next five games are on the ESPN family of networks. What year is this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, because they got the um, both games up there and then the SMU and the Oklahoma State game. So the only game that's not, I believe, is the UNC Greensboro, which is back on FS2, which will probably be like, they'll do like a... uh, a cold opening after like some sort of like monster truck show. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that because <laughs> since you were at the game yesterday, you clearly missed that FS1 essentially cut into the Georgetown game. We missed the first three or four minutes because of Ooh. some drag racing show. <laughs> which was actually fairly bills. entertaining. But I mean, no. it's really ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I imagine if you, I mean, I don't know what your TV setup is, but I imagine. It was on like the Fox Sports Go app or whatever, you know, if you're so inclined to fumble around and figure that out. I'm not going to look. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm person, just saying. I have, I'm just I have saying. a house and a television. I'm not going to sit around like staring at my phone so I could watch, you know, the, the Hoyas, you know, come out and brick a bunch of shots in the first three minutes. In a way, it was kind of <laughs> nice to miss the first few minutes. But I'm just saying generally like. Fox Sports deciding that they're going to be any eyeballs on some drag racing motocross show um, is questionable at best. I'm just glad the games are on TV. But yes, I totally understand what you're saying. And that's why I made that joke, because it's happened to me when they're on the road. And you're like, oh, I can't wait, Georgetown St. John's. And you're just like, what is this? It's it's, it's either drag racing or professional bull riding. You're like, you've got to be kidding me. Like... (laughs) There's no yeah, speaking of St. John's, I saw that St. John's lost to Vermont the other day. Not a good look Ooh. there for the uh, Mike Anderson era, but you know. Well, if you want to do a, eternal. if you want to do a quick scouting, <laughs> you know who I'm legitimately scared about. DePaul. Yeah, what if DePaul doesn't <laughs> suck? Like. Good. I mean, I mean, I watched them just completely take Iowa behind the woodshed. Okay, on the road yeah. in Iowa City. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a. It's good because you don't you don't want you don't want teams like sucking so badly. No, you're right. In because then if you lose to that team, then it's a, a disaster. You know. Right. Um, but when you, you look around, to... when you look around and you can't find. It's a Jimmy Johnson quote when he was he went from Miami to the Cowboys. He was like, "Yeah, you know, um, I, I I always look at our schedule and see all the cupcakes." And I got to the Cowboys and I was like, "Shit, we're the cupcake!" Like, right. So you right. definitely want to look around and find some people that are, you know, like, okay, like they're not as good as me and all all that kind of stuff. And you know, looking at Ken Palm right now, like, I mean, DePaul is like a normal team. Like their ranking is sixty two. Okay. Um, which is good for the conference. Like all of the teams are in the top 100, which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wow, DePaul. Wow. So I wouldn't have brought that I, up if you brought I, up St. John's and I just wanted to. No, but I, but I, but I think that that's a good thing. I think if there's no, no days off, so to speak. You're not going to get some cupcake opponent. And, you know, once conference play starts, keeps the team from, you know, having a lapse in focus, which I'm pretty sure is behind why they, lost by like 40 at the Paul last year after beating Marquette. Um, you know, they probably thought they could roll into Chicago and just, and just whack the ball. And that did not happen. Um, so we'll see what happens. I guess you and I will reconvene 
perhaps after the Texas game or on Friday? Uh, we'll see what happens in the Texas game. Um, if it's if it's completely noteworthy, then we'll definitely do our best efforts to get together. Um, if not, you know, I know everyone that's listening to this podcast, um, thank you so much. It's done way better than I expected. I figure my mom, your mom, uh, my neighbor's <laughs> dog, I figure, you know, we would have like a pretty solid core of listeners, but it's done great. And, you know, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those cool places. It's done, it's done really well. Um, but yes, we will definitely try and do as many podcasts as we can during the season because this we finally made it to the fun part and this is this is you know it's a fun team and uh it's gonna be a fun week andrew yeah any, uh, have, have, shots? Have, have, have no fear the sky is not falling yet not yet perhaps perhaps emphasis on yet but you know let's go we've, we've got good opportunities here this weekend in the garden our home away from home poise access all right, hashtag, hashtag Hoya Saxa. Hashtag Hoya Saxa. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right, right later. Yeah.